Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. This is Paul Hawksby. And Andy Jacobs. And this is the H&J Daily with some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. We were joined by a YouTuber and inventor, former plumber, who can get 55 mile an hour out of a working toilet. And you'll be amazed how many people subscribe to his yeah, YouTube channel. that's right. Uh, we also had a bit of a chat about various things, and uh, you got involved in some of that as well. And we brought you Martin Kellner. Yes, uh, with his uh, week of sport on TV, we looked at the Ali Ross. Ali Ross was on good form. form, Yeah, Yeah, he was on very good form as he wondered whether um, Aberdeen could keep out Rangers and stop them (laughs) winning every game this season. So we spoke to him, and uh, yeah, Mike Ward with the pick of the non-sporting telly. So here it all is. Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Andy. And we are trying to get to the bottom, I think, mm. as everybody is. Even um, a man in the know like Simon Cord, a travel expert from The Independent, is trying to find out exactly what the rules are around travelling to mm. Portugal and how that will affect City and Chelsea fans. We heard from Kim, one of our production team, who took a punt last week and booked flights into mm. Porto uh, to get there on Thursday and come back the following Monday, I think. So it looked as if, from what we heard the 24 hours ago, he wouldn't be able to do that. The only way in and out of the country to watch that game was to go in on charter flights, come home that night. But why put that information out, knowing that 24 hours later as a country you're going to change your rules? Yeah, the trouble is it's such a fluid situation with the mm. Indian variant. It could easily be that they go back to this one day in out thing you know yeah, yeah I wouldn't, anyway I wouldn't we've asked too excited simon's to gonna have stage. a look for us and if you are looking to travel because mm. a lot of people now may think you know mm. what I, I just want to be in the city as a lot of people are around they can't get a ticket they just want to be there and they want to be around the team and be around the other mm. fans they may have an opportunity to do that um with the appropriate testing but we'll find out for you anyway and uh, to the pitch uh, last night, and really, honestly, these protests have done Liverpool such a massive turn, really, because mm. there's no question about it that had uh, that game been played last Sunday when it was supposed to be played, not last Sunday, but the Sunday before, yeah. it would have been a completely different game. I mean, United looked like Sheffield United. They were pathetic, really. Mm, didn't they? have a great night, did they? No, no Maguire, I think you realise how yeah, important he is, really, don't you? And yeah. he, would have been, he would have played. So it's yeah. really done them a favour. And then, of course, Chelsea losing has just brought everybody back into cool. it. What a ball. I mean, it's funny. It's not just me. I've, I've spoken to about three Chelsea fans in the office today. They're all panicking. They are. Whoa. Because they can see that this great season could be, yeah, you, you could finish fourth and win two cups. Yeah. You could also finish fifth and win nothing. Yeah. That's the problem. That's, and, the, that's the jeopardy, uh, John, of football. And, uh, but you, what is it with you a, and Arsenal, for oh, goodness sake? For goodness you sake. are. They've, they've just got a sign on you, haven't they? Every time you play them, cup finals, important pa- Arsenal are pathetic. I hope Arteta <laughs> stays forever. They are. That, that was like Stoke. You weren't expecting anything else, no, Arsenal fans. You weren't like, expecting a well yeah, done. They know, they know their a great, team's re- pathetic. A great rear guard action. 
be one Arsenal fan that thinks their team isn't rubbish. They oh, are okay. useless. They, that was like that was like Stoke in the sort of mid two thousands under Pulis coming nicking a goal like Charlie Adam like a long range or something over Courtois and then hanging on for the one nil. Yeah. That's that's what that game. Did was. you put this to Martin Keown? Yeah, I did. On? Did he I give you the me. eyes? No, he, he couldn't disagree with me. I said that was the spawniest win in Premier League history. Wow. We gave we missed a guilt edge chance. Oh, Chelsea have missed so many chances this season. Honest, no team misses more. I told you, Mount set up up to two weeks ago, and probably set up more since then. He yeah. set up seventy-seven chances. I think four goals had come from it. Yeah. You know, it's pathetic. You've uh, had an extra twenty-four hours. Seventy of those were, were seventy of those were Werner. Yeah, <laughs> and then Havertz. I mean, how did he miss that chance? Yeah, and uh, and then we give them a goal. We say they were never scoring in that game ever. Yeah, and then they hung on and hung on and off. Yeah, final no look ball. passes to the keeper. They're not in the handbook, are they? Really, it's never a great and, idea. You know, Jorginho before that he did that, he was having a poor game. He fell over, and nearly put them in. He was under pressure. He wasn't playing well. Gilmore though, he was playing brilliantly. He was passing the ball forward. He was mm. everything that good was mm. happening through Chelsea because he didn't do anything in the second half. Was coming from Gilmore. And it's such a manager's thing, that, isn't it? You've got two players playing in the centre of the pitch and you take off the young one because it's much harder to take off the senior player. Yeah. I, I was really unimpressed with that one, Tuchel. I thought it was a wow. massive mistake. He should have taken... So it's made things... Off. Whereas you could have had a cigar on today, it has suddenly yeah. made things quite... It's difficult. Why don't it have an effect tomorrow? Do you think it might affect the, well, the Chelsea's of, confidence? Exactly. Might instead of worrying about... Instead of thinking about going to the finals and thinking, well, we're basically third and going... They're now going to the match below Leicester... Mm. Knowing that a draw with Leicester next week it will suit Leicester and not good enough for Chelsea. Yeah. And it's Do you know what, Andy? I think if you think if Leicester win the FA Cup, they may have a cigar on when you play them in the well, league. Yeah, so you may have to forfeit the FA Cup well, to beat them in the you, league. You just don't know, do you? you just we just take each game as it comes and you That's want to very much you want, so. You want, to win, you want to win every game you can. You do. It's talking about the game next week, uh, of course, it's a massive game at the bridge. And I was lucky enough to get tickets, the 2 2. I applied through the season tickets. Mm. And Chelsea have got this maddest policy that makes absolutely no sense. Both my season tickets are in my name. Right, yes. Right? So, but if you the ticket that you have has to be in the name of the person owning the season tickets. So, in this case, it's my son. Yeah, and his name isn't on my season tickets, so we can't go. Right. So only I can go on my own. Mm. You I mean, can't. What? You haven't got time so to re-register it. So in instead his of name. it saying if it said D Jacobs instead of A Jacobs, I could go to the match with yeah. him. But because it says A Jacobs, I can't. You know why this is though? Don't I you? do know why it is, but I, you know, I understand it for corporate things. But it's well, just—it's two tickets that are in my name. It's, got, it's me and my it's, son. It's got nothing to do with it being corporate. It, what it's about is uh, the person that they know whose name is on the ticket is the person that going. Mm. So the person that says they've had the test, the person that when they well, issue, how can I can't both of me go? It's just me. No, <laughs> my tickets say A Jacobs on both tickets. So did, how can I? Did Chelsea? That's it. Did Chelsea not? Because nah. well, Tottenham made us re-register our season tickets. Uh, well, mine were actually in no. mine and my son's name, so it's not a problem, my youngest lad's name. But for those that had them in the same name, they were told to re-register mm. in another name because of, of, of COVID. So you weren't asked to do that by no. Chelsea? Okay, well, that's interesting. Yeah. Well, so in that basically, case, they, they've missed a trick. I'll end up having to go on my own, which is a real shame, you know. Mm. And fortunately, they were lucky enough to be going to the final tomorrow. And nice. That is also a bit of a faff, but you understand why. Yeah, and of course. Yeah, you I know. Mean, yeah, you've got but it. But it's, it's quite an effort, really. And you, especially if you've been vaccinated twice, you are thinking, oh, God, I've got to do all this. But you do have to. What have so you got to do tomorrow then before the you game? You have to take a, a to flow test yesterday. A to okay. A toe fest. A toe fest. You have to take a toe fest. A flow test. Yesterday, yes. I took one and. Uh, yeah.
it was uh, it was easy enough. But then you, I don't know what is interesting. The the one for the accreditation for the Euros. Have you seen the form? Yes, I, th- I filled it in. Fifteen minutes. It took me. That's really long, isn't it? Yeah, it's basically <laughs> it's a belt you, and braces special. They that give one. you a test. You're given an online oh. health and safety test by UEFA, which is a good idea. Oh, is but, it? I kept getting five out of six. I had to keep going back. <laughs> I mean, really, me they're very easy questions. They were, basically, they give you about. You've got to, they require memory. You've got to remember what you've just they seen. Give you about fifty or sixty words to read, and then you click. And so, if you're a bit of a chancer like Andy, you think, "Oh yeah, read that, read that," but you haven't read it at all. It's like T's and C's, but they're not that long, and you click through. But then it asks you a couple of questions, quite easy questions, and it's multiple choice. It might say, you know, what should you do before you go into the the stadium? Uh, A sneeze on everybody. B wear a mask. Have you got that wrong, Andy? You don't don't deserve to go. You had to match each choice. It was quite complicated. I mean, it wasn't. Yeah. It I got wasn't. some interesting news about the Duke of Kent. My okay, well, hold that thought. Oh, Don't okay. touch that dial, listeners. <laughs> I'll never get to it now. Uh, no, you will. <laughs> five right. to four people going. What was that interesting news about, about the Duke, Duke of Kent? Kent? There's some transfer <laughs> stories today involving uh, European yeah, players. Duke of Kent. He's is this the Duke of Kent? Where's he's he going? A, Arsenal. He's going to the Dutch royal family. Oh, okay. Well, fair enough. <laughs> the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talksport. Paul Hawksman, Andy Jacobs uh, here on Talk Sport. Well, uh, Colin Furs has quite the following on um, social media. It's remarkable, isn't it? 11 million people following his antics. Does he do makeup tips? Well, no, <laughs> does no, he does, he doesn't need to. He just puts <laughs> engines on stuff and does, uh, comes up with mad inventions. Incredible. And uh, including a toilet that can go uh, 55 mile an hour, fully flushable. A yes. working loo. We just watched it in action. It's, uh, the attention to detail is incredible. We're calling this sport. Good afternoon, Colin. Good afternoon, how are we doing? Yes, it's so good. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're very... I mean, the toilet is a, is a standout uh, for yeah. us. I mean, what, what made you think you would... I mean, the fact it's not just a, a toilet sort of bowl there sitting on a, on a with an engine attached. You've, you've got a working loo. Oh, it's the, it's the full room, isn't it? We've got, like, the, the gear knob is the bog brush. Mm. The newspaper covers up the handlebar, so it just looks like you sat there reading the newspaper. You know, <laughs> we all like to do a bit of that. Like I said, you can flush the loo from the from the controls. It's got like air shifters on it. So you've got a little switch on the handlebar, like F1 style. And then the exhaust pipe is the uh, the toilet roll stanchion. And if you like a proper rev it and it got a bit of toilet roll on there, it all flares up into the air. It's a masterpiece. One of our finest works. <laughs> it is. <laughs> I mean, this is, this is probably a decent living, isn't it? 11 million subscribers. How long is that taking you to build up? Oh, 12, 12 years or something now. It's been a while. I was one of the early people on YouTube. I started in 2006. I should probably have more followers, to be fair. But, you know, I'm happy with me 11 mil. Oh, no, it's pretty good. It's <laughs> impressive. <laughs> so, um, I mean, yeah, the footage of you doing it is 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 quite impressive as well. I mean, what, what got you into this in the first place? What made you start, you know, motorising mundane stuff? Well, I used to be a plumber, which is a lovely job. And then in my spare time, I just started making weird and wonderful things and obviously back in the day when the internet was in its infancy as I used to film it sort of thing document it a little bit then I started uploading things to YouTube and then people liked you know what seeing how it was made and the build process so I kind of started doing that and then it just come to a point where plumbing got in the way Hmm. and then I could stop plumbing and then go full-time into being 
a stupid person that puts engines in things and comes up with all sorts of crazy inventions. So, oh, yeah, I mean, still, isn't life great? <laughs> to, toilet with an engine would have been good in your plumbing days to turn it up would have a been, job. Yeah, imagine you'd go t- turn up and do a quote and you'd pull up actually on a loo and you were doing a bathroom. That would be... I mean, I'd be impressed with, I'd that. Be impressed I'd, with I'd, that. I'd give you the contract, <laughs> certainly. Well, exactly. I always find it a little bit boring when you turn yeah. up and people just want a set of taps changing and you don't want fire or anything coming out of them. Uh, the other thing I think is good is that whenever you ride on your um, motorised uh, toilet, you pull your you pull your kecks down around your ankles. Not you don't go the the, the full Monty, no. I see, but um, it's still I think it adds to it. It adds to the the, the visual with the trousers around well, the ankles. You couldn't really do a standing job because you'd be you're back to the front. Well, of you, the, it's you too know. dangerous. Yeah, it's very much. It's I very much. I did have a go. Right. I had a go at doing it, leaving it run on the tick over. Right, letting it trundle along, but it, like you said, it is a bit weird because if it, you know when it like it's a bit of a bump in the road, then kind of stutters. You ended up well, like, well, half laying over your own your own work, sort of thing, which is not the best. <laughs> so, what other things have you uh, added? What about a standing? To? Urinal, that'd be quite good. Oh, like you're, you're obsessed with toilets, and you're just, you want to do you want a motor? I'll get you a motorized urinal if Colin will make it. I suppose you could use like um, what do you call those things you, you, when you're going yeah. on segway. Well, segway. segway. You could have a you yeah, could have a segway a with a handlebar on the side of the loo. Have we just given you an idea there? Can you thinking about that or not? Potentially have, yeah. I don't know yeah. how I'm going to film this in a in a family friendly manner. <laughs> that's that's yeah, true. That's you need a little GoPro on. But don't obviously look down, whatever you do. Um, yeah, so, yeah, other things that you've... I see you, you, you've been on Top Gear, haven't you? been doing a bit of work with those guys. Yeah, I just did a James Bond car from... We've got mm. a Z3 and I put guns, flamethrowers, it had smoke, <laughs> internal smoke. It had a, you, you push the button on the gear knob and you've got a rich tea biscuit, buy that stereo. <laughs> nice. Things like that. That's good. But, yeah, I've... I worked with him before as well. I've got a Dodgeham car to do 100 mile an hour. Oh, that that's, oh that'd be good, yeah. Engine in it. That was proper ferocious, that thing was. How quick would that old Ted have to be to jump on the bank and start chatting you up? <laughs> they used to be the, the when I was there, the staple of, of the Dodgeham. A couple of girls in a Dodgeham, suddenly a bloke would appear with a sort of a <laughs> DA, you know, yeah, quiff, yeah. jump on the back. Hello, girls, you all right? That was, that was the role, wasn't it, of the, yeah, the yeah. Dodgeham Lothario. Yeah, yeah. but uh, oh. you, you didn't, not 100 mile an hour, not a no, great no. idea. And Star, you've done a bit of Star Wars stuff as well, haven't you? Yeah, I've worked with um, Disney with Star Wars a few times. We've built a land speeder, which is the latest thing we did. Fully out of metal, like properly metal shaped, bent it all. We've done a TIE silencer, which is like the new version of a TIE fighter. Mm. Uh, that was full size. That was massive. That Blimey. was about 17 metres uh, long, a huge great thing. And then we did a, an AT-80 or an AT-ACT, it was called, which was like one of those big... Giant robot camels, as Family Guy call them. Yeah, which, which they wouldn't like me calling them. I was specifically told not to call them that in the video. Right, okay. But, um, yeah, like those being like electronic dog things. So we made a huge one there, which was like a kids' playhouse. So it, like the like a ladder come down and it went upside, and it was like a bit like a treehouse thing for kids wow. with toys and stuff. So they were all done with eBay and bits and more. So everything we 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 tried to buy everything off eBay to construct them. So. Uh, you, well, apart from the um, Segway urinal that Andy will buy off you, is there is there anything else you, you're kind of working on at the moment you can tell us about? Yeah, I'm just doing some bicycles at the moment. My last project, I did this bicycle of hydraulics, where basically I swapped out all the all the tubes on a bicycle. Hmm. I uh, swapped for hydraulic rams, so the whole thing could stretch and change shape. And then there was a lot of people saying, well, why don't you hydraulically drive it? So I'm just messing around to see if I can get like a hydraulically driven bicycle. 
So I'm messing around with oil and pipes and stuff. Sounds like a lot of hydraulics. Yeah, it's It's all plumbing, really. It's all play. You're basically still a plumber, but it's more fun. (laughs) Brilliant. Well, well done, Colin. Good to talk to you. So where can we find you? Is it just under Colin Furs, your YouTube channel? Yeah, Colin Furs, or if you Google it, you'll get all sorts of stuff come up. But yeah, it's mainly the YouTube channel. Yeah, we are. 11 million people can't be wrong. Fantastic. Thanks, Cheers, Colin. Thank you Thanks much. very much. All right. Have a good day. There we are. There it's great. This is it's what the, the world it's home. Now, there was Colin. He was a, a jobbing plumber, mm. and now he's a YouTube sensation. He makes his living through doing that. You know, the, the, we all world, wish for that The world happen. has opened up. Oh, yeah. Could, where could you become? I, I still I think your Chelsea sensation. rants, uh, uh, <laughs> straight after the final whistle when you're at your most <laughs> rabid, I think you wouldn't that, get eleven million subscribers. I'm not so sure. I'm not. I mean, I've I normally get the brunt of it. No, it's a bit like Arsenal fan TV, isn't it? People would tune in just to see me suffer. melt down. Yeah, they of course yeah. they would. Yeah, I mean, you could this. You could be the new. You know. Meanwhile, back at the Duke of Kent. Oh yeah, what's happening? Yeah, what's happening in the Duke of Kent at the moment? I wouldn't drink anywhere else. I didn't know this, but the Duke of Kent is the patron of the Tank Museum. Is he? Yeah, and the only reason he got involved with it is it was a museum dedicated to the tanking of Nick Kyrgios. He thought it was tennis. Oh, OK. I see. <laughs> I'm with you now. Yeah, there you go. Um, Thomas Tuckle, uh, we've been told, they still use this phrase, don't they? He said he's been uh, handed a war chest. He will be handed a war chest. No, he won't. Poor war chest. <laughs> I don't think he, he will. It's not Pirates of the Caribbean. First I mean, of all, they're going to have to sell a few players. But wouldn't it be great if they marched over to him with a massive chest with and, and you, put, you all bought all your players in doubloons? That would be great. Or we're, we're looking at Sancho, but they want too many doubloons the for him. The thing is, what they should do, Chelsea, is show the likes of Bakayoko and Batshuayi oh, yeah. and We Zappacosta. can all sell off our rubbish. You can sell all those for, you know, bargain basement. Then, then you'll have enough money to buy somebody well, decent. should be the finance director. Well, I think so. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. Anything else you want to share with the class? Yes, um... Um, engagements in the Times. I'm very pleased to see the engagement has been announced between uh, Mr. CLS Bosom and Miss CLS. How are you spelling that, Andy? B O S O M. Bosom. Yeah. I don't think that. I, I'd be surprised if. He's if, a buddy of mine. I know that's how you spell it. I'd, I'd be surprised <laughs> if the Bosom or the Bosom family <laughs> oh, pronounce yeah, I true. think you're taking. They're, they're the Bosoms, aren't they? I, I, they are, I don't know if it's Ian Bosom. <laughs> But if if your if your name is spelled B O S O M, you don't pronounce your name bosom, do you? Not really, you don't no. go for the laughs when you don't need to. And uh, why is David Beckham who's the... bosom marrying? But bosom oh. marrying, by the way, is it was He's, it something that tied in? No, was it... no, just Miss Hunter. So oh, okay. Well done for, for that. Okay. And yeah. why is David Beckham creepy. in the Friends reunion? Is what I want. What's he got to do with David Beckham? Well, I don't know. Pointless, isn't it? Some of these things. I mean, David Beckham's. You want planning news? I, I oh, didn't yeah. tell Bill. I haven't got the yeah. jingle. Oh yeah, the Beckhams want to build a barn for tractors and lawnmowers at their country retreat. We're told. <laughs> really? Proposals for the new garden machinery store, beautifully done. Can't is. say tractors again. <laughs> have been submitted to local planning officials. <laughs> yeah. It's a great gig. This on a tabloid newspaper oh, these yeah. days that they say. Good, a bit quieter, David. We, we could do with like two hundred words on the Beckhams. Well, I'll have a look through the planning news. So you're going to the old local planning in the. Yeah. Sure enough, up it pops. Yeah. The building will be used for equipment to uh, tend the garden grounds and fill. Yes, yeah. a tractor. Not going to be used for water skiing, is it? <laughs> uh, documents submitted to West Oxfordshire District Council describe the outbuilding of simple but high-quality design. Well, it would That's be. nice. Yeah. Bat boxes and space in the roof for birds <laughs> to nest will also be fitted. So there we are. That was planning news. Planning news. <laughs> Good, Planning Steve news. Hartley is fine. Anyway, Ali Ross joins us shortly. Um, Aberdeen, the mighty Aberdeen, his team are the only thing that stand between Rangers and the perfect season. 
um, Adrian Durham um, saying he's all over the Scottish papers today, saying on drive yesterday he thinks it's a greater achievement than Celtic do, doing the same thing. Should they do it? This was a team that 10 years ago were rock bottom, were in the fourth tier, looking to fight their way back. He said it's a special achievement. If they do it, can oh, Aberdeen yeah. stop them? And what do Aberdeen make of being in this new third tier European competition? Plus, the Scotland squad announced next week. More on that, I think, with Jim on, the, Billy on the show. Yeah. So we'll get, uh, as Ali is a big Tartan Army fan, we will get his take on that as well. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. Well, Aberdeen stand between Rangers and uh, the perfect season, going unbeaten. As we said, our own Adrian Durham, he's uh, dawning many a Scottish newspaper today. Adrian Durham insists, says the Scottish Sun, Rangers finishing the season unbeaten less than a decade after playing in the fourth tier would be the greatest achievement ever in domestic Scottish football. He's such a wider. He's been cranking up the Celtic (laughs) fans, but look, you take his point, um, it's been some turnaround for the club. Uh, So uh, how fired up is um, Tartan Army foot soldier and Aberdeen fan Ali Ross, Sun TV columnist. Good afternoon, Ali. Afternoon, Paul. How are you doing? Good, thank you. I mean, there's nothing really Excellent. right. It's not going to make any difference to Aberdeen this game. You are, you are sort of. In, I think you're fourth, aren't you? And you're not moving from that. We are. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We're six six points adrift of Hebs, hmm. which is you don't want to be there. I tell you. <laughs> so really, the only thing to play for is to stop this record. Do you think your boys will be fired up for this? Um, they will not have the flip flops on tomorrow. I would suggest. Hmm. Um, I think you're probably aware of the animosity between these two clubs. So I don't think motivation is going to be a problem mm. for the boys at all. Um, we've spoiled their party before on the last day of the season as well. Back in 88, 89, I think we won 3-0 at Ibrox. So uh, they won't be coasting. Um, no, no, one, no one who supports Aberdeen, I think, wants Rangers to, would have wanted Rangers to win the league anyway. So we don't want them to do it with a flourish, that's for sure. Yeah. I, I wasn't aware. You, see, you lose track in Scotland. Who hates who? I didn't realise. <laughs> you, you do, though, don't you? Everybody, somebody, everybody hates Very somebody. Very important, Andy. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think Rangers and Celtic get on. No, I, I, I think know we'll that. start from, <laughs> and then basically everything is like from that. Everything kind of falls from that point, really. That, but I mean, you can I, imagine it as a load of arrows. They're all pointing at uh, Govan in Glasgow. Oh, okay, yeah. fair enough. The but you know when you've got Sir Alex Ferguson talking up the job that Stephen. Gerard has done that is pretty impressive. I mean, begrudgingly, though he is the Rangers manager. Um, I mean, he has he has done a pretty good job there, Ali, hasn't he? He's, he's well, he's, he's done what he should do, really, hasn't mm. he? He's what, what, one trophy out of nine. Um, <laughs> you know, you're talking about a club with a turnover of sixty five million compared mm. with Ross County. I'm guessing somewhere between probably three and four million. Aberdeen's only fifteen, so. I mean, really, if he's if one trophy out of nine, it's the, pretty much the least you'd expect. But mm. uh, yeah, uh, it's such a, <laughs> I think the answer is no. He doesn't deserve any credit, man. <laughs> <laughs> of course, he does. He's not, get, he's not getting any from me. That's <laughs> <laughs> about as much as Adrian Doran. Yes. <laughs> so um, now you you find yourself this. You've been in the Europa League for a minute, but they have a new tournament now. Uh, the the the, the 
conference plate, I think Max Rushton has been calling it, the UEFA <laughs> conference plate. Of the poor man's Europa League. Oh, you find so you, some of the far flung corners. Well, no, it's that one. It can't be on Thursdays as I well. I think it's three fifteen on a Wednesday. Three eight, three fifteen a.m. on a Wednesday. They'll just fit it in when they can. Wake up to it. That would be yeah. better, wouldn't it? Breakfast football. Um, but how do you feel about this? Because I mean, I know you like a road trip. You like to go to places you've never been before, and there'll be mm-hmm. there'll be some incredible. There'll be far flung corners. There'll be kind of Greek islands that have yet to be explored that have got that have oh, got eleven cool. players out to play. Count me in if that's the case. But <laughs> you know, I'll, I might not bother going to the game. That's the only thing. I didn't, I know Tottenham Army guys that just go for the the uh, R and R. Guys have been going thirty years and not seen a single game. They're just really? there for the for the for the parties. So. Yeah, that. What did you say that trophy was called again? I, you know, I keep forgetting. Uh, it's the Euro. It's, it's the Europa Conference. Is it the Conference Plate? It's not the Conference Plate, is it? No, it the Europa Ryman's League. Is. It's the, the UEFA Europa Conference League Plate. My friend Dave Tully has just texted me. He's yes. a big Celtic fan. He said, mm-hmm. "Oh, it's so much better than Celtic's proper quadruple in 1967." Do me a favour, he says. Oh well, see, they're all well, arguing with Adrian. Accent, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mind you, he did text me during the Arsenal game to tell me how good Tierney was. I gave that short shrift. I'm sure you did. Yes, indeed. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I should really know. I should really know. We've lost Ali. Uh, we should we? Find, actually find out what this. Uh, it's, it is called the UEFA Europa Conference League. I mean, with respect to our good friends at Talkie and Woking, etc. As soon as you put the word conference in there, yeah. really, I mean, you're, it's you going to be worse for the English team that finishes seventh or eighth that gets into it because yeah. they'll be far too good for it. You would think. think. Yeah. Oh, we got yeah, UEFA Europa Conference League. Ali is what it's officially oh, known as. Yeah, yeah. So, so. I, I got so excited about it. I think I might have cut myself off there. <laughs> <laughs> Either that, I was going to have a go at Adrian Durham. (laughs) And that's right, he cuts the line. He's got control. He's got control of. uh, That's right. He's got control of all the lines. Um, We're not not far of of, uh, announcing uh, the um, Scotland squad, and I know we're going to be doing plenty on that. Jim White, he's he's heading up to be involved in the coverage. So, uh, you excited? There's a couple of injuries along the way, but a bit of a blow uh, along the way so far. Yeah, we we lack a holding midfielder now. Mm. but uh, I think Andy and I have the, the solution to that in the shape of Billy Gilmore. Yeah, oh, we certainly do. I thought he was so good against City he Was in the second half. He was so good in the first half. And to, I don't know why I was saying earlier in the show why he hooked him. I cannot believe it. He was so much better than Jorginho. And we missed him in the second half. We did. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, uh, ho- hoping to, to, to goodness that he'll be in the final 26 because I think he's a class act and... Uh, I know all the Scotland fans are very excited about him and, and want him in that in that final group. So yeah, he you know, passes the ball forward. It's quite a rare thing these days. <laughs> he, he, he passes to a member of the same team. Yeah, that's also something rare. he does as well. Yeah, yeah, it's true. It's incredible. It's as we you know, anything like it. As we get closer, Ali, how, how are you? How are you feeling uh, about the uh, years? Confident or not? Not particularly confident on a playing front, but. Uh, I've just found out I've got tickets for both the games either side of England, so oh. uh, I'm I'm hugely excited about it now. I'd, I'd written the whole thing off mentally, but uh, now I'm having to actually arrange to go to, go to the games. So Brilliant! Bring uh, it on. Croatia in the Czech Republic. That'll be yes. Yeah, Czech Republic first, and then Croatia to to round things off. Fantastic. Uh, 
to, to make qualification a formality. Yeah, that's right. You can coast. You can just sort of knock it about, <laughs> yeah. Put the play the kids that day. It's quite a tough uh, group, yeah. isn't it? It is a tough group. Yeah. You know. it is, um, yeah. It's un- unforgiving. Yeah. Yes, it certainly is. Well, enjoyed the column today, uh, Ali. It was a, a lot of fun. Thank, my my favourite line much. in it, um, I'm not involved in the Davina McCall show, and I'm not even <laughs> a, a, a work of genius, but um, I'm not sure I can say it at this time of day, no. but we just... we. We send people uh, to uh, go and find Ali's <laughs> yeah, column in the Sunday. It's very funny, as always. Um, just finally, you you have your um, sort of bad answers in quizzes section, don't yeah. you, of course? Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, I can hear Andy grumbling away already. No, no, I love it. No, he loves it. No, he enjoys it. He, like, he likes the duff. Although, you had a, yeah, he was in My there My problem once. is I, I, never, I would have given the wrong answer <laughs> every time as well. But, yeah. <laughs> but uh, Gabby Agbonlahor was on breakfast oh, with yeah. uh, Alan Brazil and Jamie O'Hara uh, the other day. Oh, and you may want to add this to the next one. Ever listen to this? The tallest mountain in Europe is situated in the French Alps. But what's the mountain called? Are you joking? No. Mount Everest. <laughs> <laughs> it's good, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Here we are. That's yours. They're on merit. Marvellous. <laughs> Uh, I'll give on you us. a name check. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's <laughs> <laughs> Always. Uh, Just for you two. Ali, we'll catch up with you soon. All the yeah, best. Brilliant. God bless you. Take care. There we are. So, uh, yeah, check that out. It, it should be... Can, can Rangers do it? Can they go through the season undefeated? It uh, would be we'll a good achievement. Yeah, of course it would be. Not like winning the European Cup, let's be honest. Dave's right. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive & June. Olive & June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. 
Well, we speak to Martin Kellner, his week of sport on TV, a little bit of housekeeping. Um, Carrie's been in touch. Um, Carrie says, after listening to Andy earlier on, talking about the name Bosom, B-O-S-S-O-M, I can 100% confirm that it is not pronounced like that. Uh, I'm Carrie, um, and my name is pronounced Bossom. Well, well done. Uh, But I did forget to say that a lot of people have called me Carrie Bosom for most of my life, so it happens. I'd have called yourself Cherry. Cherry Bossom. <laughs> That's a nice idea. Anyway, uh, joining us now, uh, Martin Kellner. Good afternoon, Martin. Good afternoon. Interesting you mentioned Bossom, uh, which is really neither one thing nor the other, is it really? Um, because I've been watching uh, Gods of Snooker, which is this new three-part thing on the BBC. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. So, uh, it's on each Sunday. Um, episode two will be on this Sunday. I've watched uh, the first two of them. And uh, the fine pundit Julie Welch, who you'll know very well sure. because uh, mm. she's a, a keen Spurs fan. Mm. You should write brilliant stuff in The Observer and everything. Uh, she's one of the talking heads in Gods of Snooker and she explains how it suddenly became sexy how you know it got the, uh, the the female audience if you like and she said yeah it became sexy because it was these smart men and they were uh, over the ta- bending down over the table fiddling about with that cue and everything yeah. right. now I don't exactly know what she's talking about but yeah. as it is Julie we'll uh, <laughs> cut, her some, cut her some slack there um, but I, f- I found it great fun, actually, mm. this uh, Gods of Snooker thing. Um, although I have to say that our mutual friend uh, Stuart Weir, who did work in the world of snooker for some time, um, has just worked, when I advertised on uh, Twitter that I would be reviewing the show, he says, I can't ever watch things like Gods of Snooker because the backstory, which is never told, is a hundred times better. Right. Although <laughs> usually so unbelievable, few, few would believe it anyway. Wow. Um, having said all that, this is... Is, this is good fun. I mean, it's a mm. feast of nostalgia. Um, you, you know, if you hanker for the work of uh, people like Clive Everton, Dickie Davis, and uh, David Icke, interestingly enough, oh, yeah, among the people the doing these, yeah. uh, he did a lot of the uh, snooker in yeah. the uh, in the early days. Um, and it goes back, obviously, it goes back to uh, the 1970s, 1972, when Alex Higgins uh, won the uh, World Snooker Championship. But in those days, it wasn't even televised. It was uh, in some down-at-heel British Legion, as it was described, uh, near Birmingham. And obviously, um, Alex Higgins won it. There's a, there have been quite a few Alex Higgins documentaries, and there's n- not a lot of new stuff in this. In fact, the whole thing starts with uh, the famous press conference where he retired from uh, Professor snooker clearly um you know totally totally drunk paralytic actually mm. uh when he, his famous quote was you can shove your snooker uh, you'll, you'll know the quote yes, it might yeah. not be suitable for family <laughs> sure uh, viewing at the time of the day but <laughs> yeah. you know what he said uh and then there's uh, bits of um 1982 and the falklands war and mrs thatcher and all that stuff which always uh I, I, sometimes i think you know mrs thatcher's whole sort of um whole era um i've forgotten apart from the fact that it crops up in any sports documentary you watch about the 1980s there is always a bit of mrs thatcher and a bit of the um a bit of the falklands but the 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 first show which people may have seen last sunday uh, was the one where um basically contrasting ray reardon was the former copper uh, and alex higgins of course who uh, brought snooker i suppose into the uh, popular arena and did lots of that stuff that stuart weir (laughs) bridled at Mm. um but you know you had Ray, Ray Reed and the ex copper, and then Alex Higgins, who was a sort of like a force of nature, if you like. Uh, and uh, Ray Reardon is complaining on the show that. Uh, 
any time anybody wants to interview him, they want to interview him about mm. Alex Higgins. And he, yeah. he, right. he, he's very feeling. He says, I won it six times. I won the championship six times. He only won it twice. You know, why do you want to speak about him? Point, but, really. He did have the nickname yeah. Dracula as well. Not the greatest of nicknames. No. <laughs> he's been no. called Dracula. And so, there was the other one called the Grinder, the mm. uh, uh, Thorburn, Cliff Thorburn, Thorburn, the Thorburn was called the, uh, well, It's a three-parter, this, isn't it? So, uh, it is. Yeah. It okay. Is. Well, I've, I've watched you know what? the first two. I've recorded it. I will. I'll, I'll definitely. I, I should get out of my way and get it. Get it sorted. It sounds yeah, it like sounds very, good. very good. It's um, worth watching. Yeah. Mm. Uh, you've been yeah. onto the EPL Legends uh, documentaries. You've been watching this week. Yeah, they, they sort of uh, crop up in the middle of uh, other fine documentaries on the Sky Documentary Channel. Uh, the uh, David Ginola one was uh, was very interesting. Mm. I'm sure you'd be interested in that. Um, and uh, obviously, he wasn't exactly um, uh, he wasn't exactly the major choice of managers who like a work ethic. Mm. And as he said in it, his, his last three managers in his Premier League career were George Graham, John Gregory, and David Moyes. <laughs> and you could see why his career sort of fizzled out yeah. at uh, that point. But you know, when he at Newcastle, fantastic. And obviously, you've got all the uh, all the goals, some of the goals that he scored at Newcastle, and then when the Famous, you know, I would love it. Uh, title slipped away for uh, Kevin Keegan. Keegan then passed it on to uh, Dalgleish, and again, it was a different style of management. With David Ginola, it had to be, you know, you could tell that when managers changed, and you know, Spurs when uh, George Graham came in, when uh, Kenny Dalgleish came in at Newcastle, you knew that he wasn't going to be a favourite of those managers because yeah. whatever you said about David Ginola, his work ethic wasn't. Uh, you know, wasn't the best. Hmm. Um, and of course, he fell out. There were a lot of fallings out, but he was very honest on this show. And it was, I thought it was a great interview. Um, obviously, kicking off with the France Bulgaria match in yeah. uh, mm. November 1993, mm. when he carried the can yeah. for, for the failure completely. So, of course, a 19 year fallout really with Gerard uh, Houllier. Mm. So it was basically uh, David Ginola versus the, versus the various managers. But was a, you know at the height and some of it, it was and certainly when it was at Newcastle it was like a love story you know oh, it's yeah, uh, a lovely he's a wonderful to... player to watch yeah, when brilliant. he's playing for your team he's, he was just in full flight he was just something else and so. he said he was yeah. so good in that program about uh, Bosman as well oh as yeah. yeah yeah he was excellent yeah he's a lovely yeah. guy um, he is a lovely guy. Now we got guy. a bit of uh, this is an interest. This is uh, a rugby league documentary you've watched yeah. about, on a, on a particular part of uh, a famous player's career. Yeah, this this was interesting. Apparently, there's this thing called YouTube. I think a lot of the young really? people, the kids love it. it. Yes. Yeah. the kids love it. Mm. And I just haven't had what I was looking for. I, I might have been looking for something else, but up <laughs> on this uh, <laughs> <laughs> mm. up pop, I might be. I don't know what I was looking for. But anyway, up pop. What? Uh, up pop <laughs> I'll yeah. tell you what popped up. Yeah, uh, Elry Hanley imagine. at the Tigers. It's oh, an Australian. Yeah. Yeah, it's an Australian documentary. Uh, he had a stint playing in Australia. I mean, he was brilliant here, and you oh, remember him for Wigan. Playing in uh, Challenge Cup finals and such like, um, he had a stint at the Balmain Tigers mm. in Australia in 1988. Mm. The Australian competition always thought to be a lot tougher, a lot harder to succeed in than the um, than the British uh, competition. And uh, I'd just forgotten just how good. Uh, I'm just 
really just directing rugby league fans to look for Adley Hanley on YouTube. And it's like a 20-minute documentary. Um, and when you look at how well he performed in Australia, when you didn't have a lot of the rules and a lot of the protocol that you have now about um, yeah, about tackling and about sort of two players turning another player upside down, you know, where, where you can suffer really serious mm. head injuries and neck injuries. All those things didn't exist in 1988. And uh, when you look at how he mixed it with some of some really, really tough players, um, you think to yourself, he's got to be possibly the best rugby league player ever. It's mm. a really, really good uh, there, documentary. There was one really... famous incident where he was concussed and the feeling was that the, the guy had taken a shot at him, wasn't there, and, uh, and had gone yeah. away with it. Yeah, yeah, a, lo- mm. a, a lot of that. And, uh, you know, not just one incident, but quite a few of them. He, mm. I mean, he had the toughness and the pace was phenomenal. And uh, I just really wanted to point that out for rugby league fans. I know there are a few out there. Mm. Uh, and uh, it's on YouTube because it might just pass you. It passed me by. I'd never seen it before. Yeah. Oh, that's, some, that's, um, a, that's, a, that's some great stuff on there. Some brilliant old documentary stuff. You don't have, now you've discovered YouTube, Martin. You should, you should <laughs> dig a bit deeper. I know you do. Yes, I know you do. So look, you're back, you're back overnight, I understand. Uh, yes, I, apparently yeah, I am at uh, one o'clock in the morning on TalkSport and Talk Radio. What, have yeah, you got yeah. stuff lined up? Do you know what's in it yet? Can you yeah, tease? Yeah, I mean, some of us, can I tease what's in it? Mm. Um, we will be talking to the aforementioned Stuart Weir. Okay. Uh, we'll also be, um, I don't know what's in it. You've actually. got a cast. You've got a kind of cast of people who I've join you. I've got a cast of yeah. regulars. I mean, cast there's only going to be a limited number of people who are going to be able to uh, broadcast live on the radio, you know, with any sort of uh, fluency at three o'clock in the morning. <laughs> so, <laughs> it tends to, but I, I, you know, we cover a lot of. St- oh, I'll tell you what we're going to cover tonight. Mm. We've got a guy who covers Latin American uh, news and sport. Yes, uh, and he's going to be talking about the battle for Maradona's millions. You remember seeing oh, yeah, the papers? Yes. It's a fierce battle, uh, and Maradona remains a, a huge story mm. in Latin America and especially in Argentina. So we will talk about that. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talk Sport. Now, if you've ever played football and you suffer from cramp, here might be a tip for you. Oh, yeah. a great British Bake Off judge, Prue Leith. 81, we don't need to know that, sleeps with potatoes in her bed Mm. to fend off cramp, her son revealed. Yes? Is that right? So if you're getting cramp... What do you do with the potatoes? Put a potato down your sock. You put a potato down your sock in bed? How's that going to work? That can't work at all, can it? What what do you do with the potatoes? I don't know, you put them in your bed. You put them... That's all it says. You put potatoes in your bed for cramp. I'm I'm not Prulie's son, I've no idea how she puts potatoes in her bed and how many. Maybe you can uh, flesh this out for us, talk sport listeners, before four o'clock. Because I haven't got a clue how that's going to help you with cramp. Not at all. Yeah, Mark Coates says, great to hear the talk sport seal was alive and well. Remember? Oh, yeah. Back in the day, it was obviously a regular occurrence. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from Talk Sport. So, what about the non-sporting TV uh, this weekend? If I mean, there's plenty of sport, but now and again, you may like a break. If that's the case, uh, Mike Ward, Brighton supporting Mike Ward, uh, is your man as always. Good afternoon, Mike. Hi, guys. So, um, what's our Brighton? We should always have a little prelim Brighton. We do. Uh, what, are you, what about you and West Ham this weekend? I mean, are you, are you, do you think are you're going to be up beach? for it or not? On the beach, you think? I do think yeah. so, yeah. I mean, from just past experience, you just... Sandy just like, beach or a stony beach? Very much a stony beach. Yeah, very much be, a, yeah. Unless the tide's out, a, a sort of shingly beach, <laughs> possibly. I don't think they'll be going down to that one somehow. Okay, but, uh, we'll let you safe. You can it's relax. It's weird, and thanks, thanks Burnley for sort of uh, finishing off the job. And, um, um, 
you presumably going to definitely have Graham Potter now. So, um, well, who knows? Who knows? He seems a favourite. I've just seen he's a favourite now. Is, that is he right? really? Yeah. Yeah. Top yeah. manager. Wow. Just, just seen, just seen that. It just seems very odd that. I, I mean, I, I think he's a great manager, but I, I, I'm not quite convinced it's yeah. the right time. And it's quite, you know, it's the irony of football, isn't it, that Chris Hewton got us to 17th and, mm. and got the sack. And we're seventeenth now, and you know, I know. we're looking yeah. at this. So yeah. you know, that's it's all about perception, Brian. Indeed, is that it? Okay. Now uh, there's still a fascination in this country with the Cray Twins, isn't yeah. there? And there is a new series we see, Secrets of the Crays. Um, what new can they bring to the story, well, Mike? I think this is the this is a very good question. I'm I'm not convinced they're bringing very much new at all. This is Britbox. This is uh, the, the first um, of their own commissioned documentaries. Mm. It's a three part um, series. Um, going into sort of forensic detail about the, the, you know, the history of, of uh, Ronnie and Reggie Cray, uh, what they got involved in the 60s and you know, the armed robbery, murder, protection rackets, etc. I think it's, it's a couple of things, really. I think first and foremost, what we're doing, what, what BritBox is doing is trying to get subscribers by doing its own original programming, which is, which is fair enough, but also tapping into the fascination for the craze, which is a reasonably safe bet to a certain extent, and also the general fascination with true crime documentaries, which is, you know, is greater than ever now. And the opportunity to go into detail, which an ordinary, you know, uh, maybe on a terrestrial channel wouldn't wouldn't go into sort of three hour long episodes. But it is, it is fascinating. And I think, you know, it's probably some people who maybe younger viewers who might not be as, as familiar as everybody else with the story and particularly the sort of way that these guys, you know, the, the, the dark, dark lives they they led were also hobnobbing with some of the biggest stars of the day you know and you see oh, yeah. you know, there's photos of them you know with I don't know, henry cooper there's a famous picture of them mm. sort of, it, it just it's it's an extraordinary you know juxtaposition between the two and david bailey of course you know legendary 60s photographer david bailey he's he turns up in it as well uh, I guess, you know, he says at one point, make, you have to be careful making heroes of people who don't deserve it, which is possibly a bit of an understatement to some extent, but he did take some extraordinary pictures of them. Now, um, 8 o'clock, that's, uh, that's on Brickbox, as you said, yeah. Mike. Uh, 8 o'clock tonight on Channel 4, a new quiz show, Tom Allen's Quizness, and I mm. should declare an interest. It's uh, been devised by a, a mate of mine who I work with on a number of projects uh, on TV, Burp, and lots of other stuff as well, Dan Meyer, and uh, this, is, this is his... Uh, idea and um, it's a great it, idea. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a different, isn't it? It's a kind yeah. of quiz, but it's funny. Well, it's a quiz that's funny. I mean, it's and it's quite hard to do this. And I, I, when I was writing about this for the for the paper, I was very conscious of the fact that if you're not careful, you make it sound like it's sort of enforced wackiness, which it isn't, and that's you know, which is quite excruciating after about five minutes. But it's effectively if, if correct me if I've, I'm, I'm summing this up wrongly but it's a quiz where you have to have the general knowledge to answer the questions but you also have to have mental dexterity to answer the questions in a different way depending on the round or, mm. or so it's not question it's not just straightforward delivering the answer uh, and by delivering the answers in the way you have to in each round you're going to make yourself look a bit silly so it's a being willing to look a bit daft i think would be uh, a key factor in the and whole thing tom allen's in and he's always funny he's going to be he's going to be funnier than Anne hegarty <laughs> yes, Tom Allen's great. I mean, I, th I think he's he's brilliant, and I know he's everywhere at the moment, and uh, that often happens. But he's he's very funny, mm -hmm. and uh, you know, I've spoken to him a couple of times. He's a really nice guy. So uh, you know, good luck to him. Um, that's, uh, Channel Four, eight o'clock. Channel Five, eight o'clock. Uh, an alternative is Greg oh, Wallace's big weekend. Is this basically <laughs> Greg this? Wallace on holiday I mean, really in Athens? Get, you know, Rick Stein's done this. Rick Stein's weekend away. You know, it's, what's the point of this project <laughs> other than Greg going on holiday?
Jules Holland is on at 10 o'clock. And okay. so, <laughs> it's great going on holiday, but being very enthusiastic and eating dough balls. Oh, um, there's a really? bit of a foodie element, but uh, as you say, Rick Stein has done it. I, I would like people to just go to some less obvious places. I think mm. that would that would be the one thing. Yeah, but as you say, Athens has probably been visited. Probably almost. can't go there anyway. <laughs> well, Greg can. Yeah, he's and everybody do. in the background, it's going to date, in terms of repeats, this is really going to date because everyone around, you know, all the people in the background milling past have got masks on. So, you know, yeah. it's not one of those things where you can cover that aspect. Show it in five years of the kind of museum. I see it being a mainstay of Britbox in 10 years' time. No. Uh, <laughs> high praise indeed, Andy. Yes. Later okay. with Jules Holland, he's back. Is it still um, him in his studio with one person? Yeah, well, I think, yeah, I think it's going to be for some while. And I don't think there's any rush to do it any other way. Mm. Uh, my only, it's Noel Gallagher on this first one. There's ten high flying birds. Ten years, I can't believe it's ten years. Mm. He's be, be, had his own his own band, but um, and he's always good value as Noel Gallagher. But but I, I, as I think I've said countless times, sometimes Jules is in sort of muso <laughs> credentials mm. become a little bit o- overpowering. You, you you kind of just want him to get on with it a little bit, but um, mm. you know, still love him. Uh, ten o'clock then uh, tonight on BBC Two. Um, you you directed us to the, the, a life in pitch, a life in ten pictures last mm. week with Muhammad Ali, which I watched. And it was really good. Mm. Uh, tonight, uh, sorry, tomorrow night and BBC Two nine p.m. It's sounds good. John Lennon. Yeah, I mean, obviously this is a fascinating and and darkly fascinating uh, uh, for obvious reasons. Hamburg being the sort of early part of the, the you know his his time with the Beatles, but also some domestic. Uh, scenery, uh, scenery scenes uh, right at the start. Beetle, the height of Beatlemania. Then you've got the the the, the famous bed in that he did, uh, staying in bed for a week with Yoko, which brilliantly brought about world peace. So well done to them for that. Um, and then uh, towards the end, of course, you've got that haunting, terrible picture of um, you know, well, I say terrible picture, but an ominous picture of him signing an autograph for Mark Chapman just hours before he was killed. So there's so many different layers to this, and so many different aspects of the story. Um, so another, another intriguing one. I yeah. think it's the last of the series as well. Mm. Now, good. sort of a bit of odd scheduling. This seems to be uh, six p.m. on Channel Four on Sunday. Mm. Um, Fifty years of Mister Men with Matt Lucas. Yeah, so it's a bit buried away in the schedule. Yeah, I'll be honest. I haven't. I haven't actually seen this. I just pulled this out because I just thought it's something a little bit, a bit different that we'll have. In, uh, Matt Lucas. Yeah, he, he seems to be the sort of guy who would love the Mister Men. But I, I hadn't realised. I hadn't realised they had been around fifty years. There was a question on uh, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire about a week or so ago, mm. where you had to know. I think it was only one of the second or third questions along, so it's only worth about I don't know, was it two hundred quid, five hundred quid, something like that. And it was like, what colour is Mr. Tickle or you know Mr. Bump or oh. Mrs. Bump or Miss Bump? Yeah. And I was thinking, <laughs> does, is that is that a sort of question that you should get that early in, yeah. in Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? It's worth a million that. quid. That would, one, would Mr. Tickle. Do you know, Andy? What colour is Mr. Tickle? I just I, do you, can you do you know do you know what it is? No, no idea. Okay. I, I see. I think I possibly just maybe 1971. So I'd have been uh, yeah, I'd have been beyond. He's orange. Is he Kids. orange? In case anyone wants to know, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's I'm a, just a little bit he'll too. He'll be right orange. behind Holland in the Euros. We're certainly well, never. Just announced their preliminary squad, bringing it back to sport. Um, Mike, uh, have a good weekend. Thanks, we'll, Mike. we'll catch up with you next week. Cheers, guys. Take care. Mike Ward there on the non sporting telly. They've actually just pronounced their prelim- uh, announced their preliminary squad. 
that that is true. Yes, no, I know. Yes. Mr. Diggle's not in it. No, he's, I don't think he is. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talk Sport. There we are. That was this afternoon's show. We'll do it all again next week. I mean, you're here on Monday. I am, yes. Marvellous. Yeah. Um, so uh, if you can listen from one great, if not, the podcast will be available as always around five. Have a great weekend. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on Talk Sport. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.